0: came up to me with tears in her eyes. Can I? This is strange, but I want to give you this. She was wearing slim jeans and flats over a t-shirt and this tunic, this dress, which she took off there in the foyer of that church and gave to me. And first she stood there and turned it right side out. I made this, she told me. As she folded it. I was in the Twin Cities to talk about storytelling to a bunch of Presbyterian pastors. I had already done the main thing I was there to do, given the keynote or whatever. And this woman and I were and I were alone, we're almost alone, outside the sanctuary. We were standing face to face and kind of close when she handed this to me. For the last 10 years, she said, "I've been taking care of my mother, and she's doing better now. But I kind of lost myself. So I decided I'm going to start making stuff again. So I, I've been making clothes. And I make them out of other old clothing. And this this used to be a skirt. And I just I just really appreciated what you said about our stories, and I don't even exactly know why." But Which didn't stop me from texting Vince, my co-pastor, immediately and telling him he was going to need to step up his game because someone had just given me the shirt off their (laughs) back. I can't remember when I first started dreaming about making the weaving project for Bethany. I poked around this week in some emails and documents, but I didn't turn anything up. But here's the pitch, okay, on the weaver, one of the things I love to make is a rag rug. It's simple, it's useful, it's fast for other kinds of weaving. And I can make it in a kind of um, like abstract painterly way. Like before you get excited and ask if I'm a tapestry weaver could make pictures. No, I like to pick out a certain kind of palette, colors, and then just see what happens. Like I don't have some big plan going in it makes the weaving process, which I already find relaxing, even more so so that I can just kind of disappear into the rhythm of the loom. My hands busy, my mind wandering. A friend calls it contemplative doing. And the way you make a rag rug, or one of the ways, is to take fabric scraps, pull sheets, or clothes, and, and rip them into long, narrow strips. And then you use those strips to weave. You can think of it as, uh, they're the east-west part of the weaving, you know, it's the west, that's the part that go over and over Sorry, I, I got carried away with technique, so back to the pitch. Um, my idea was that we could all contribute something, or like whoever wanted to could, and then we'd have a little party to like rip that stuff up like a, a quilting bee, but in reverse. And then I would take them and I would weave them all together into a wall for the church. I wanted to do this for years, but I kept putting it off. Until this July, I decided that this was the year. I wrote the weaving project into my annual goals for church council. We were sitting right up there in the our left, with the doors open, and I made my pitch. Council not only approved my plan and the goals, they got excited. It sounds like something kids could get involved in, one person said. And I immediately started training in age appropriate crafts for different ages and maybe swapping in one Sunday to lead a Sunday school class, which I keep forgetting to tell Ann and Sarah, but I'm excited about it. Vince leaned forward and and grabbed his notebook, and we made eye contact. This could be a sermon series, one of us said, doing our little twin speak thing. Exact January, yeah. Then somebody else in the council spoke, a little measured at first. You know what they said? I'm happy to support you in what seems good. And, and when you first said it, I thought, well, oh, that seems like a cool idea. But now I'm really thinking about this, and I am just insecure enough that I started to get nervous. So I could bring in, what they said, like a, a t-shirt of my son's, and, and you could weave that in. And then I'll see it hanging up at church, and it's like, that's my heart of it. Yep, I said. You got it. Because the vision isn't just like a fun project for me. It's a it's a hands-on metaphor, a visual symbol, like us, all of us together, brand new folks and, and long-time Bethanyans, locals and Zoomers. Y'all pick something out and mail it to me at church. Together, more than the sum of our parts, a community made up of whatever we offer to. You and share with each other. The story of what's next, made out of what's been. The book of Acts is all about God making what's next out of what's been. It's the story of the early church, about the time 20 or 30 years after Jesus. It picks up right where the book of Luke ends and was written by the same author, you have the same writing style, the same theological. Concerns. and it contains many, many stories of conversion. People all around the Mediterranean hearing about Jesus, experiencing the community that was already growing around Jesus' life and death and resurrection, and those folks going all call in. Acts contains the story of Paul's conversion from a death-dealing persecutor of Christians to someone following the way. Acts contains the story of the conversion of an Ethiopian who was a gender minority, The conversion of a powerful Roman centurion, the conversion of a crowd of 3,000 on the first day of Pentecost. A new community expanding and including more and more people, more and more kinds of people. And then, here in chapter 16, where we are this morning, an enslaved girl who goes unnamed joins the movement. And in the section Elena read, a wealthy businesswoman named Lydia. This, the author says again and again, this is what the church of Jesus is going to be like. And this book of conversions, like if it makes you nervous, you're like, we going to be in this kind of place now, converting people. Here's the pitch. Acts isn't trying to convert anyone. Acts is trying to tell folks who've already converted, who've already been grabbed by the story, who've already been woven into the community, that yes, you too belong. You are also a part of it, that you really, Really are. Okay, so later, like, Paul and a couple of other missionaries were on this tour of to the Mediterranean. They like discerned a call to that part of the world after having a very old fashioned church fight back in Jerusalem. There was a big theological disagreement about who was in and who was out and what you needed to do to get in, and there was a big church council meeting in Jerusalem, and it was after that meeting when they said in writing, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and also to us to not get hung up on these things, and also for Paul to hit the road. So Paul and others sailed around, hitting major port cities like Philippi. That's where they met David. She's a worshiper of God. She's not originally from Philippi, but she's built a life and a business there. Where she was from, also in that part of the world, uh, the manufacture of purple dye was a big deal. So she sourced that luxury good and was a dealer in purple cloth. She probably unmarried. married. She was gathered with other women on a Saturday morning when these travelers rolled up and Paul started talking. She listened. What she heard Whole new thing. So, that made that caveat about the book of Acts and not to get too worried about conversion. It's also a book about conversion, alright? It is about life transforming, world altering, ground shaking change. Because that's what the gospel, the Jesus story, is all about. It's about possibility and renewal and revolution and God making strangers people. and more kind of Conversion in Acts isn't the individualistic one and done, I pray the prayer and now I'm in kind of conversion. It's communal, it's adoption, it's immigration into a new culture. It's the blending of where you've been, where God's leading you. It's not the end, it's the beginning. This week I tracked down a woman who gave this talk to me I watched a video of her talking about her art, but she doesn't like to call it art, she said, because she's always thought of artists as people who have the ability to draw or to paint and sort of, she said, make things out of nothing. And she tends to create out of what already is. A few minutes later in this video, she told the story that she told me about taking care of her mom and losing herself and decided to start making things, and things she made in clothes. And the more she spoke, the more I wondered if she would name this tuna. Would she name our encounter? She didn't. But she did say that the process of making things rescued her and gave her back herself. Something very interesting happens in the book of Acts. It's interesting in the way that like a nerdy pastor finds things interesting. It happens right before where our reading picked up. All of these conversions, the day of Pentecost, and the Ethiopian, and Paul on the road to Damascus, they all get told, and they get told the way the rest of the gospels get told, in, in third person. In Jerusalem, they had no small dissension and debate, so they were sent on their way. They met together to consider this. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. And then, suddenly, in chapter 16, we set sail from Troas and from there to Philippi. And we remained in the city for some days. We went outside the gate by the river, and we sat down and spoke to the women who gathered there and a certain woman named Lydia was listening to us. I love it so much. It happens again sporadically through acts, unevenly, and your theories about lies, literary criticism, I don't care at all. All I care about is that the story isn't about them. It's about us. Lydia. She was already a person who prayed. She was already a person who took time out of her week to go out of her way to gather with other people. She was already a worshiper of God. And that day at the river, she wasn't changed whole cloth. She wasn't transformed in an instant. Instead, she caught the vision of a new community, a new movement. New role for herself, and in some way, thought, This is it. This is worth pouring myself into. Many people think of Lydia as the founder of the church at Philippi. I read one person this week called her the harbinger of the new. She gave herself over to new work, her home became the center of the Jesus movement. When Paul and his companions get thrown in prison just a few verses later, when they get released, they go back to Lydia's. She's all in. The woman who made this said she doesn't call herself an artist because artists make things out of nothing, whereas she likes to use the lost and the least and the broken bits and repurpose things. Like, nobody makes things out of nothing except God. All the rest of us make stuff out of other stuff, stuff that already exists. And God, of course, does that too. This past Thursday morning, I drove out on west on Irving Park until I got to just the other side of the Kennedy Expressway. I found parking and put on my mask, and I went through the doors of the Chicago Weaving School I have a loop at home, but there are things I don't know how to do right that I've been faking for years, like creating kind of janky workarounds for. I don't want to get better, and I also want what I'm leaving for Bethany to be as good as I can make it. So I made my pitch to the instructor, and she sent me into a bathroom room to choose warp threads. Those are the ones that go on the loop first. You can think of those as the north-south threads. So I put my head down, and over the next three hours, which just blew by, I made a warp for us. With the instructor, I started the process of correctly, threading the loom, handling each of the 320 threads one at a time. Something I do twice before I'm ready to even start weaving. <coughs> Those threads are half in, half still draped over the front beam of the loom, and I can feel them pulling on me from here. Once that's done, it'll be time to weave hopefully with a bunch of old stuff from us. The quilting bee in reverse party is on Tuesday the twenty fourth. So this is strange, but um I wanna give you this. Ever since I had this idea, I wondered if it's right. If it's too dramatic and Also, do I really want to give this over to the project Elena said this morning? It's cute. But the whole thing is letting it rip, right? Not holding back, Believing that the vision God is inviting us into is worth shaking off what's been. Trusting God is gonna weave it all together somehow anyway. story of change and transformation and being given back ourselves and getting started right now. It's not just about the It's about us.